Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. We have like this vacation time. I mean, at least everybody in the country, I guess, is having a vacation time right now. Spring break mm-hmm. is having people taking trips, uh, having fun with that. And there's always somebody, uh, friends or family that uh, ask us, hey, you're going to take a trip or you want to take a trip with us. This would be fun. And I don't think they understand that what the life of a comedian is. We don't take trips. No. Well, the thing is, we do take trips all of the time for work (laughs) our work is the trip right we don't take pleasure trips very much as comedians because it's just so much of the the worst part of being a comedian is the travel and i don't mean being in a place i don't mean being in a city Mm -hmm. i mean getting up taking the flights trains planes buses automobiles whatever we have to do to get to a gig it's it's constant it happens multiple times um, at least a month for us and you've got it down to a nice little science and still it bogs you down it, it makes it unfun for you oh it's yeah it's still the worst part it's i m- would much rather have the star trek transporter technology <laughs> where i just go into the living room i transport over to the gig right. and then i come back at the end of every actual trip where I leave my home, I always wish for the teleporter. I It's not getting there. I think somehow getting there, I think about, I might get a Cinnabon at the airport. Or I don't know. I don't know what else I have in mind. But it's not, It's a, like I've told you before, it's the packing that's so hard for me. So I want, want to make sure I don't have what I need. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's but I, But I hear you. If you could teleport everywhere. Is Elon Musk working on that? <laughs> Elon Musk probably already has it. Oh, good. And he's not uh, sharing it. No, they he's, don't share. Billionaires don't share, do he they? He certainly transported some hair from different parts of his body to the top of his head. So I don't know <laughs> what technology that was. But. I like to think of billionaires uh, always answering. Anytime someone says, why don't you invent this? It's like, I didn't become a billionaire by wasting money on ideas like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something where um, uh, I think that people usually don't travel. You just most people who have a normal job, they live in whatever city they live in uh, Tacoma, mm-hmm. and they go to their office job. So the time that they spend traveling is just a commute to their job. So maybe right. ten minutes, twenty minutes in the car, uh, commuting to work. Some people have to travel longer in mm-hmm. the car, but you know that's the, probably the average. They go and then they come home for dinner, and they're home in the evening, and they don't have to necessarily think about work too much. Maybe an email or something like that, and they do that Monday through Friday, and they have the weekends off. And comedians were just <laughs> it's just such a different breathe like i don't think that it's not it's not even fun to like pull back the curtain and show everybody but it's like when do we work every single day and when do we have off never like well slow down for a second because one you're absolutely right to use the word commute that's what travel is for us it is getting to the gig and if somebody for work had to travel you know two to five hours every time to get to their office i think they'd start realizing that it's not the same but what made me laugh when you were describing the average person's work you're like then they go home and they don't have to think about work i feel like all the articles i read about corporate america is that they don't know how to leave work at work so that's one thing where i feel a little different as a comedian the fun that we have on stage is like a lot more fun when we're working than it is for a person who has to like you know yeah our actual put a powerpoint together yes so like being on stage writing jokes and you're making people laugh. That is the fun part of comedy. That's probably, you know, the, they talk about like in the NFL, they go, we, we 
play the games for free. But what they're paying us for is practice and, mm-hmm. you know, in the workouts and all the time we invest into it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of with comedy. It's like, yeah, I guess you could say we're performing for free. What you're paying me for is all the travel, all the preparation, <laughs> all right. the everything it takes to get to putting on a good show. Right. All the weird conversations you have with people that come out of nowhere. <laughs> and there will be some. <laughs> whether you're working before, for them. During and after the show. Yeah. Whether you're working for them or they just saw your show and they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hear you. It is it is different. Suffice to say, whether we understand the plight of the corporate American person. <laughs> the working man. The working man. Um, no, we all, we all do what we do for work and we all make our sacrifices. But unfortunately like many vacations is one of them and you know even summer vacations i think more people plan around summer vacation they think i've got this stretch of time and the reason i know that is because i asked the kids parents at our kids school i'm like what are you guys doing for the break coming up and they always have an answer they're like how about you and i'm like just picturing myself eating cereal living life the exact same way (laughs) checking the emails responding to the avails all that stuff never occurred to me once to take a trip with our daughter or do anything like that during these breaks. And I don't know what, I don't know what these average people do. Like, you know, the thing is, I I think the life of a comedian is fairly incompatible with the life of a Mm non-comedian, you know? And I don't mean like we can't be friends or anything like that, but in terms of when we're free. So, just example, having dinner with somebody. Right. That's something that people do. They will have dinner at each other's homes. And for us, it's like, well, almost never can we do that. Like, in, we certainly can't plan it a month in advance. Like, hey, what are you doing? May 9th. Let's have dinner together at our house. Right, it's because like, a show could pop up in the city where that's people watch the entertainment at dinner times. Yes. And so I have to be getting ready. It had to be going out and performing when people would normally be like sitting down to dinner. I'm getting ready to go out. Mm -hmm. And so, but I'm free during the day. It's like, Hey, I could do lunch. And people are like, I can't. I know that's the same problem they have on their lunch break is like, I got to get back to work so tight. I don't really think we could have a good convo. Right. (laughs) Your dinner is their lunch break. Right. And so with that, you know, and that's, that's like a on a daily thing, just a simple one day thing. There are people that we know that have asked us to go on trips and vacation and, hey, we should go take, uh, this isn't necessarily one of them, but just we should go on a trip to Florida. Let's all go down to Disney World. And it's like, well, I can't plan that out six months in advance. I know that you guys are planning something for July because you know that you're going to have that time off. And that's right. the way people schedule things. I get it. Yeah. You, you tell your bosses... Uh, hey, I'm going to be gone these dates and I'm putting in for my vacation time then. Mm -hmm. With us, it's so much easier to do spur of the moment things because I can be like, okay, you know what? I don't have anything this weekend. I can go out. Whereas even if it it was something I planned three or four weeks in advance, I get called by clubs and different things all of the time Mm -hmm. on short notice. In fact, even during the week, if somebody said hey, you don't have anything Saturday. You want to do something? It's like, okay, but a club could call me tomorrow and say, hey, somebody just dropped out. Can you come to Albuquerque uh, this weekend? And and it's like, yes, I can. And I'd have to just drop whatever friends plans. And I think, and I'm sure that that is a bummer to people and they don't fully understand it. Like, why would you do that? That's why you're friends with people who don't leave their home. 
<laughs> I, I love having friends that are uh, agoraphobic. Yeah, they, they don't, just have a Call of Duty headset on. They don't want to go out. See them at midnight to three a.m. They don't like people. <laughs> we could just we can text. They don't even want to talk. Text. That's a, text. all of my friends. Text me. Um, yeah, I mean it's true. I just um, I'm trying to. Uh, Trying to find fit in like an anecdote because I'm just being like annoying when you're like, you know, we don't ever get to go on vacation. I'm like, what if someone offered you $10,000 to take me on vacation to a private island? Well, then yeah, that's like a pet gig. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I, I say yes to gigs. Robert Redford says, one night with your wife. Do you remember that movie? I forget what it's called. Oh, Indecent Proposal. I remembered it now. Um, Except in this case, it's I'm spending... The night with my own wife. He's <laughs> no, paying I me to spend. No, that's not what I said. No. <laughs> well, I just said you. I just thought you were going to say, "Well, I'd have to turn it down," but for different reasons than availability. Like it's a spontaneous offer. I'm just saying. So who's going with whom? Is like uh, my question. It, I'm Demi Moore, and you're Woody Harrelson, and Robert Redford would be paying me to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the way that you phrased it was somebody's paying me to go on vacation with my wife. My wife. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I didn't include the. <laughs> indirect object, I right. guess. <laughs> so I'm if, like, if yeah, I could be an MLA handbook. Yeah, I why know. wouldn't I take $10,000 to go take my own wife on a trip? Yeah, well, that's one instance in where I'm trying to get you to think of a movie I'm thinking of, but maybe I should pick movies that aren't 30 years old. <laughs> well, the thing is about any sort of movie that's like 30 years old, I'd probably, you and I have differ on this, but like you have certain movies that you watched as a child and I have certain movies that I was allowed to watch as a child. Mm-hmm. So my introduction to uh, different actors was different than maybe what the normal person would have been. Uh, I was just thinking, I, today I saw a, a poster, like or a, a, probably a, just an Instagram thing of... Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger together. And mm-hmm. I realized when I saw that, that's the first movie I ever saw of Arnold Schwarzenegger was Twins. So you thought he was a funny comedian. I thought he was a comedian. <laughs> Very tall, muscular comedian. Nice. <laughs> yeah, especially in that movie. I mean, I haven't seen it in you know decades, but like it, he was not just uh, genetically and physically superior to Danny DeVito. It was also like personality and then... Uh, morality he was the good guy an upstanding citizen right and so it was very uh difficult it's not difficult but it was interesting to see what arnold schwarzenegger's uh videography really is right when my first introduction is that and then kindergarten cop was probably the next one i saw yeah he had the same haircut in both so he had the same haircut and probably several probably in commando also (laughs) And but I remember seeing the trailer for Predator. Didn't see the movie until I was much older. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, are there actors like that that you saw where you're like, oh, I had no idea they were like this? Well, interestingly enough, this doesn't directly answer your question yet, but that was the first movie I think I remember seeing Danny DeVito in. <laughs> um, but he was yeah. he pretty much stayed the same <laughs> for me. I was like, that's a guy guy's funny, and he stayed funny. Um. Who, you know, I feel like I've seen everybody in sequels before I saw them in their original films. So let's say Bill Murray, I saw him in Ghostbusters 2 before I saw him in Caddyshack or anything, or Ghostbusters mm-hmm. 1. Um, but 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 what you're specifically asking was, did somebody's, did my first impression of somebody deviate from who they really are? I mean, the first impression I got of Daniel Craig was in Road to Perdition. 
Okay, yes. And he was this scurvy little... <laughs> scurvy little spider. Scurvy little spider, uh, as Jimmy Stewart would say. And um, and then he was Bond. Like, I, I didn't catch him in between any other films. So everybody's trying to push him as Bond to me. And I'm like, this guy, he's the villain. <laughs> he's the Bond villain. Yeah. I, I, I just I'll, couldn't buy it for I a only while. remember those uh, roles for him. I don't know anything in between either. Um, I did, you know, when you said sequels, I think I saw Ace Ventura... When Nature Calls, before I saw Pet Detective. Oh my goodness, and- that's never something you want to reverse. <laughs> Those are not equal. The first no, one's so but, much funnier to me. But the thing is, the second one, I at the certainly for a lot of years, I found it funnier than the first one. Right. Probably because there's a lot of retread happening in the sequel right but it's the first time i saw it so then going back and watching the original i'm like okay he's doing the all righty thing again <laughs> you see the original you're like this guy what a hat. Oh, this guy no i like uh no there's like shakaka and guano yes. like there are good catchphrases in the second one you don't have in the first one but it was so preposterous like imagine him being coming out of the uh, decoy rhino and it looking like it's giving birth to yes. him and that's the first thing I saw. Now, so can, can you imagine, though, if you your first time ever seeing a Jim Carrey movie was like Mr. Popper's Penguins or something like that? Wow. Or, or Eternal even... Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. There. And, that would be funny. And just anything where you go, this is not... And then you go back and watch Dumb and Dumber or The Mask. Yeah, you're you like, go, why is he basing himself so low? <laughs> <laughs> this fine Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis style actor. What is this? This is not the... That, so that's the way it was with me with Schwarzenegger. And I'm, there's... Let's see if I can think of like some fine actors... Um, Maybe uh, I'm doing the opposite thing where I'm thinking of the not what you asked, but my introduction to Michael Keaton was actually not Batman. Um, for most kids, it might have been. It was Mr. Mom. So I saw him in his early comedian days or his funny guy. I actually saw Mr. Mom man. when I was a kid. I can't remember a single thing. I was too little, but I do remember seeing Mr. Mom mm-hmm. and it being it playing. We probably taped it off the TV because I remember watching it over and over and over I'm again. sure we did too or rented it at Blockbuster or something like that. And well, also there for, for a little while, there was some videotapes, VHS tapes that you could get at the supermarket. Maybe they had been rentals because supermarkets used to have yeah, rentals. Yeah, and so they have a little section. Then they would sell them for a dollar or a couple bucks once they had rented them a thousand times and people weren't renting Mr. Mom anymore. So we <laughs> once the music goes, <laughs> yeah, like sometimes the little uh, the orchestra music would would be warped on our video cassette yeah so you, know, you bought some like that analog tape yeah uh, i think we did so we bought some that definitely were cheap so we had that one mr mom and the man with one red shoe which was a tom hanks movie sounds good uh it sounds like a remake of an original from i the don't 60s. know i honestly it's gonna be hard for me to remember anything other than the box art so okay. mr mom was him uh michael keaton dealing with like kids he's like maybe in pajamas on the front of a yellow VHS tape cover. Mm -hmm. And uh, Man With One Red Shoe was just Tom Hanks' face and a big red shoe. Nice. And that's it. So it doesn't tell you anything about the plot. He plays Ronald McDonald. Yeah, Carrie Fisher, I believe, is in that as well. That's cool. Uh, But those are the only things I really remember. I know at one point he only has one shoe, and there's some sort of mystery about that. I'm not even sure you even watched these movies. You just studied the (laughs) the cassette covers. a long time ago. But that was my intro to Michael Keaton, whereas you probably, do you remember him from Batman first? No, I think I saw Mr. Mom first, but definitely saw Batman uh, and love that. So let me just talk about actors, and you tell me where you saw him first. Robert De Niro. 
I think maybe Robert De Niro's Cape Fear. Aha. Um, it because that would have been maybe a PG thirteen movie that I would be allowed to watch. I think by the time it came out, I was thirteen ish. So, so he was like a villain well, in that one, that. a psycho killer, and then after that, he became like. Well, he was never the romantic lead. But he was always the d- dramatic romantic yeah. lead, like in Bull, uh, Raging Bull. Yes, <laughs> Bull. <laughs> I was going to say Bull Durham. I always yeah. swap the I titles. I think there might those. be a. There is a movie named Bull, which I think might be a. Gosh, I don't know. That's a character it, on Night pro- Court. <laughs> <laughs> there is that one. I don't remember a movie named Bull, but yeah, if you think I, th- of it. I think there is, but I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of. Um, Oh, Al Pacino. My first oh, Al Pacino yeah. film, I think, was Scent of a Woman. Oh, I saw my first one would have been Dick classic. Tracy. But I didn't know it was Al Pacino because he's, he's Mr. Big, I think. You caught him way late. You didn't see Godfather till later, huh? No, no. But that's the thing. I, even Cape Fear, I didn't see that when it came out. I saw that probably when I was in high school or something like this that. This one's easy for me. Diane Keaton. I saw her in Baby Boom first. And she was almost 40. I think she was like 37 or something. So she had already done Godfather. She had done... Um, <laughs> stop. You can't laugh just because I said the words baby boom. You I'm hate when I'm I la- reference that film. I'm laughing at that and also Diane Keaton where it's like, I don't have a clue where she I saw Diane She was in Godfather. Keaton. Yes, you do. Listen, <laughs> I have to say something else. Annie Hall. Isn't that the name of the movie? Yes. That was her big, that was her big breakout role. I mean, her... Her on the scene in foray into big films was Godfather, which I didn't even recognize her when I finally saw her in that. I was like, who's this lady with the puffy curly hair? I mean, it might not have even been a decade before, but... She didn't have a turtleneck. She didn't have like pants up to her chest. She early 70s, by the way. Annie Hall's like early, mid-70s. So yeah. way before I was born. So I didn't see her in that. And I wouldn't have seen that until I was in high school or college. We Let me just remind you when we grew up. We grew up in an era where you could watch some movie from the 60s on uh nick at night all right so <laughs> don't could. tell me that because it came out a certain year you were no, exposed it's, to it's it it's not a just time. about the year you had to remember that i wasn't allowed to watch any like pg-13 movies or rated r movies i didn't see those until i was in high school or college so i think that annie hall's rated pg-13 and so and it's a woody allen movie which i don't think i would have been allowed to watch a woody allen movie even so I didn't see those until much, much later. And so, so if I say I, I would have probably if there's a Diane Kate movie, it's probably something where it's like it's she's not in this, but it would be something like a Mrs. Doubtfire role that she was in. This should that be Sally this Field episode should be called Lost in the Weeds because every I am trying to find you and get you on my page and you're like, woman. So if I tell you Bridget Fonda, your first Bridget Fonda film, you probably can't even think of any of that she's in. Uh probably would have been uh Jackie Brown. Well, there you go. And mine was Shag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're you're right. When you said Mrs. Doubtfire, I should have said, okay, Sally Field, my first Sally Field movie. That's was Steel Magnolias. But for you, your first Sally Field, was it Forrest Gump or, or Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh, it would have been, I don't know which one came out first. but Whichever uh, came out first. Probably, probably Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, probably, right? Yeah, that's my guess. But I don't know. Hard to say, because Forrest Gump was definitely 94. It was just so firmly planted in 1994. Also, just remember, you're talking to a man that used to be a boy. And Sally Field <laughs> and Diane Keaton were not high on my list of 
actors or actresses that I wanted to see in a movie. Well, can I remind you that you began with Arnold Schwarzenegger and I am a woman that used to be a girl. So. <laughs> I didn't say what, I didn't ever ask what your first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was. I thought you were. I thought you were saying, I said oh, that you was... said whatever actor came to mind, right? Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> so for me, I was talking about Diane Keaton, but you're like, don't bring me into your weird Diane yeah, Keaton movie. That's movies. fine for you, but I don't know. I will never come up with, maybe it was Annie <laughs> Hall when I saw her, Annie Hall when I was 20 years old or something like that. <laughs> I was trying to think back to childhood. Now you did, maybe it's because you saw all the movies that your mom rented. For sure. Well, I didn't see all of them. There were some that I wish I could have seen, like Sex, Lies, and Videotape. She would get a kid movie for us, like Garbage Pail Kids, and then we'd watch it and eat our Domino's pizza, and then she'd send us up to bed, and she would put in a movie that was PG-13 or, or older. And I just, because it had the word sex in it, I was like, S-E-X. Mom, you can't watch a movie about S-E-X. <laughs> and I don't even think that's like, in it. you can't watch yeah. a movie. Go upstairs. <laughs> Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't even know if it's a comedy. I never looked into that film. <laughs> I have no idea. It's something that sounds... It sounds like a very early 90s type yeah, of film. It doesn't. It feels like it was like critic adored, possibly showed up at the Oscars. Don't yeah. you feel like it was just one of those things people I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's that one. There's a bit early Ben Stiller film. And I don't know if it's that one or if it's if it's a different name, but like it's a very early '90s type of feel, mm-hmm. where it's like this is definitely Gen X. Mm-hmm. Like now we're taking over Hollywood type Ooh, of thing. I liked when Gen X took over Hollywood. It was a little bit gritty. I was too young to appreciate it, and now looking back on it, it's like oh, they had their moment. I guess <laughs> it was so much better than when millennials took over Hollywood boring <laughs> I, I guess i don't because i'm thinking of things like what's that horrible teen i'm just thinking of like teen sex comedies like where someone has like whipped cream on their boobs <laughs> <laughs> that's still gen x that was creating those I oh think. good okay never mind then yeah that's they suck <laughs> all of the what what there's american pie you know like things that were praised as like these are great comedies for me it was so crass it was just like this era of crass comedies and i was such a prude there was there the, as a teen, so, some like movie it. with james vanderbeek yeah james get get back on dawson's creek my friend yeah that that kind of era of stuff is kind of funny to look back on because it's like i know in the moment because mm-hmm. i would have been a young teenager when some of those were coming out and thinking that I guess I thought that was cool because they were slightly older than me. You know, five, five, maybe 10 years, if I was 15, they were 25. Mm-hmm. They seem like full on adults. Mm-hmm. And so now looking back, I'm like, first of all, the eyebrows were way too thin on women. Like it was barely an, a little line above. Where did the eyebrows go? They went on vacation for a while. Yeah, extreme plucking was. I think going they on. went over to Italy. If you watch their movies in that era, and all the women who just have like very unruly brows, then you'll know what happened. Um, you're right. It was a look. It was a very stylized look. And if we had any listeners that were from that era, they've all stopped listening because of our disrespect. <laughs> And even probably our peers who were like, I liked American Pie. Maybe maybe you can like it. I just liked Austin Powers so much better. You know, like I yes. like silly, goofy yeah. comedies because I was like an immature, I guess, kind of teen that was still had her Barbies in her room, but she wasn't going to admit it to the people in her school. No. There, well, there's certain um, movies like Austin Powers, which are timeless. I think that because of who wrote it, mm-hmm. which is Mike Myers, um, a comedy legend, but also great at creating characters and creating storylines that 
where he was bringing the 60s into the 90s kind mm-hmm. of meshing these two worlds but it's also a parody of james bond mm-hmm. and he's able to take those elements and take some british humor and throw it in there it's timeless i watched uh was it last weekend i was out of town uh and I was in the hotel room and Scary Movie 2 was on. Scary Movie and That was funny. That was like a Top Gun style. Not Top Gun, sorry. Naked Gun style. It is. It's very, very broad. Comedy. Very broad and farcical. But it is. There is no plot. There's none. <laughs> like my opener was watching with me and it was like we were watching. We're laughing at it. But it is a series of short little sketches thrown together with this general... Uh, overarching theme of they're in a haunted house type of thing. Right. But the, I mean, they're doing parodies of Nike commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a whole, probably one of the longest, you know, scenes, jokes is them dribbling balls like a Nike commercial. <laughs> and it's funny enough, but there's some things where I'm like, if you didn't grow up in this era, you'll never get some of these references. <laughs> it's references to pop culture and movies of that time right i forgot about that it's so tough with with comedies that reference pop culture because of an era because they really hit home in that moment but then they can get stale fast yeah but um did scream have much of a plot i mean they're just trying to follow (laughs) scream didn't take place in a haunted house so i know that scary two movie scary movie two was a departure but scream was just like how would you even describe that one woman is terrorized by someone and so is everybody around her because of. I, you can't spoil it, but you have to be like. I think that there. I think Scream was had a plot. I think the plot is it's it's okay. Mike Myers has more of a plot. Like Halloween, sorry, has more of a plot than Scream. I loved Scream, by the way. I'm not gonna <laughs> knock it. Well, I think there's a difference. It like, sucked me in. I think that uh, Scary Movie Two is written by all of the Wands. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone seemed to have a credit on there, and it wasn't. It was just meant to be silly and goofy. Whereas Scream was, there was some humor to it, but it was kind of a send up of all of these uh, scary movies. So it's kind oh, of right. It was supposed to be an homage to horror. Yeah. And so all the got horror Jamie movies. Kennedy talking about that. Yeah. So they're that, but they're also kind of stepping out of it and kind of breaking down the fourth wall with, not really the fourth wall to us because they're not talking to the camera, but they're talking about uh, horror conventions right. maybe that's why it works so it. well yeah. so it was like it was reinventing horror or it was re reigniting your passion for horror without using some of the old tropes yes so you know <laughs> we really should have <laughs> we we could have been movie critics except i can't remember any movie title and you can't remember any actor's name so we would just be dancing <laughs> around the topic and the lot. thing you know what year did, i don't know what year it came out and it will you'll give a some sort of criticism like this wasn't any good and i go actually it had this thing and yeah. you go oh I, I agree with you uh, yeah 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 you're oh you're right you've completely changed my mind that's what Siskel and Eber should have been <laughs> disagreeing at the top and then one change person, my mind one person has a change of heart yeah in fact let's do that every episode from here on out people will find it endearing <laughs> yeah <laughs> we fight at the beginning and then we come together at the end like an episode of Full House <laughs> yeah we um well is that, let, we'll try it right now is there a movie that you've seen within the last week mm-hmm. that you could give a short critique to well i'm watching alaska daily right now which that's, feels like a movie. <laughs> it's not a movie it's a tv show but it stars an oscar-winning actress mm-hmm. in hillary swank 
Does that sound right? Hillary Duff? Hillary no, Swank. It was definitely Hillary Swank. Hillary Duff did not win an Oscar. No. But now that I say Swank out loud, isn't that such an unusual last name? There is no other Swank I've ever heard of in my life. I, is there like Swanky Affairs? Is that a name of... <laughs> is that a rapper? <laughs> swanky Affairs. <laughs> not who. Oh, you mean like a, a nice soiree, a nice yes. party. A Swanky Affair. Yeah, is there a Swanky Affair? Although that that is should be my stage name. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Swanky Affairs. <laughs> if we ever perform together in a show that is inconsequential, we get to make up each other's intro. That would be fun. <laughs> and I'll call you Swanky Affairs. Hmm. Um, well, I just watched Robocop. <laughs> Again, you know, as an oh, adult. Oh, okay, yeah. So I can give a short... It, it's a very interesting film, especially for the time, uh, because it's, I know there's satire to it, which, uh, you know, it's kind of a dystopian look at what Detroit would be in the the at the time, the near future. Because it's so crime-ridden, the only thing that can handle it is some kind of machine? Yeah, well, the, it's not just that... It's crime-ridden. Yes, it's crime-ridden. But the police force is possibly going to go on strike. So, But there's a company that kind of is in charge of the police department. Overfunding the police department? Uh, sort of. Tell? <laughs> sort of. But they, they basically are the bosses of the police department, but mm-hmm. it's a corporation. Mm. And so they are creating, you know, one guy creates like this giant robot to... Uh, be, take over the police force. Mm-hmm. You don't need actual humans if you got this. So uh, the dystopian element is no, they're taking our jobs, but it's robots. No, taking our jobs. That, that it's is, not about that. Okay, that is sorry. not. The, that is not the dystopian part. The dystopian gotcha. is that everything is horrible. It's the dark, d- bleak yes. look at the future. Gotcha. And no human should have to face that. So we'll we'll send in our machine. Yeah, and so then they have Robocop is a combination of a human and a robot. Because you've added the human element that that a machine couldn't do. Interesting. I've actually seen this movie and I forgot all about it. Yeah. So overall, I will say it's a pretty good movie. And as far as 80s movies go, Mm -hmm. it translates pretty well to today. And I know they remade it and ruined it a few years ago. Why'd they do that? (laughs) I didn't know that. Who plays the Robocop in the new one? I don't know. Colin Farrell? No, I don't know. Oh, that's, yeah. So you didn't even see it. I did see it. I saw it like on a flight or something like that. And it, it <laughs> you was, said, I want to forget that I ever know you, was, sir. It was really forgettable. And <laughs> even the RoboCop suit was wrong. You know, it's not, it's something where it's like, oh, it's almost like CGI on top of the guy. Oh, it's okay. not, but you know, whereas the practical effects are in the original RoboCop. Nice. And that that always seems... Um, I can't wait. Better to me. Till we get uh, yes, it does to me too. But I can't wait till we get dunked on by kids of our daughter's generation when they look back at all of our practical effects and are just like, <laughs> it's like I can see puppet strings here. What are you guys doing? See, I don't know because as the Star Wars shows are showing, yeah, that they're going back to practical effects. They do have oh. some CGI people, but like a lot of that is puppets again. I enjoy Actual it. practical effects. Is that why I love it so much? Because <laughs> it's a person in there moving his hand around. Yeah, look. <laughs> it's just a person in his... <laughs> yes. Well, like a sock puppet. Yeah, that's what I was doing. The, the listeners can't see me mm-hmm. making a sock puppet motion. Um, that's cool. I always thought at the onset of CGI that it was going to be too expensive and they were going to abandon it. Isn't that funny? It's actually much cheaper, apparently. Yeah, I mean, they figured it away. Yeah, it's. I think. I think it was even cheaper thirty years ago, and that's why they started doing it so oh. much because the cost of 
one or a team of people working on a computer and generating these images is cheaper than a team of people that you have to employ to create the practical effect, mm. to actually employ the effect, mm-hmm. to also then videotape it or, you know, uh, record it. These you have computers to have people, you are have, taking our jobs. You have to have people directing it, whereas, the you know, it's just less less people involved i used to want to be an animator and i was inspired by little disney vignettes where they'd show actual disney artists drawing and they'd show them lifting up a page and putting it down it's always from the 50s Uh yeah it was but then right around i guess it was middle school they started talking about you can use a computer to make your artwork and they had classes on it and i was like no thank you that's not pencil to page that's not art there's no future in that yeah and then it just kept doing that and kids now like draw on tablets and i can't tell like what is from your mind and what was you know enhanced by the computer here yeah well now they're you know because i have the similar thing with photography like i took photography in high school Mm -hmm. and then in high school they were transitioning from film to digital so i did film i I went a dark room i would do all that uh uh, developing the film developing the pictures and but we also started with digital stuff Mm -hmm. and now digital is basically taken over now we've actually gone we're now going to another phase i'm hearing not just digital but ai so right. ai is taking over where there's no actual model mm-hmm. you're not taking a picture of anything it's just all created by a computer yeah it's my same dilemma it's like unless you know html code or whatever <laughs> <laughs> html code. if you know zeros and ones you can yeah. enter into this computer world neo but yeah people like me are at a loss or you know professional photographers no longer need to show up on location because it can be done in a studio. That's what you're saying. That's crazy. Although I do like that young women won't be getting taken advantage of or being sent to Paris away from their mommies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now... At age 13. You know, we've we've talked about, like, how there has been a misrepresentation of what humans look like already Mm -hmm. when you have an actual human being model mm-hmm. but they've been airbrushed and computer altered so their waist is slimmer or their muscles are bigger mm-hmm. or their skin looks a different way than it actually does in real life and that's what sometimes with makeup like practical effects or cgi mm-hmm. or just photoshop well we're now going to get to the place where there's no human there at all so the right. distortions of what a body can look like is you can have somebody that actually has the proportions of Barbie, right? Which you know is impossible in real life. Mm-hmm. But it'll start to look normal now, yes, because so, we've combined like yeah, <laughs> realistic looking skin with unrealistic proportions, right? And if people are having trouble already, I know, you know, with body issues, wait until the computers have fully taken over and tell us what they think we should look like. <laughs> <laughs> go away you are hideous that's what your computer's <laughs> gonna say when you sit down at <laughs> um yeah i mean we could take this a lot of different directions where it makes my mind go is um how you can now pay for verification on instagram mm-hmm. did you see that pop up i did and then immediately there was backlash to it in my feed like i just saw people making up raps about it like don't pay for your badge <laughs> and people making up little sketches and about how lame it is but the fact that I think some people just, what was the number? Something like 400, I'm going to say the wrong number, by the way, but 40 million people paid for badges or 44 million people paid for badges. And um, the idea that it appealed to so many, even though, you know, 
clearer heads can prevail and say like, uh. but yeah, I know I don't need to look at a badge anymore. Now that it's purchasable. And so to me, what was the point of that? You're talking about AI. Oh, it's kind of how like anybody can do this job. You know, if you're good at working with a computer, now anybody can be a photographer. Um, at least that's like the, the knee jerk assumption. I feel like the same thing is true for influencing or just representing yourself on social media. But it's going to it's gonna be messing up a lot of self-esteem, I think. Yeah. Along with the weird proportioned AI models. Yeah, well, it might mess up the the self-esteem of the people creating these things too. Like, you know, mm. somebody thinks they're an artist and that they're very talented at something when all they're doing is clicking a couple buttons on a computer and it's <laughs> generated. And those, I've seen some of the AI art. Have you seen some of like this AI art? I guess so. And I didn't even know what it was at first. It just right. popped up a few weeks ago. It looks very ago. realistic. It'll be like man in Times Square and he has a horn coming out of his head. And you're yeah. like, what is the deal with this guy? And then it'll say AI art. Yes. And I saw it with, like former presidents, mm. uh, you know, somebody went through and had AI art where it's all the former presidents if they were professional wrestlers. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's funny, but it's also weird because it almost looks like a painting, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's just a computer generated yeah, image. Yeah, there was one I liked that was um, celebrities that died at young ages if they had lived today, and it just shows like age progression, but it's much better age progression than you ever saw on a milk carton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's more, for, remember like in the 90s when they would say, this child has been missing for 10 years. Here's what they could look like today. And it's like. It's because it was a police sketch artist trying to like yeah, go really. off like, oh, let's just. Let's just lengthen the forehead a bit. <laughs> Let's take a picture of their dad, and then Timmy, <laughs> he looks like him, but... Yeah, somehow you grew up to be Frankenstein. I'm sorry, but that's who I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a strange new world. I know, well, that's the thing, is that, you know, because of social media, because of all of this, you know, the, the images are distorting what we think about humanity and what we think about ourselves. But then there are there benefits to that? I mean, there's the hacking, you oh, know, life hacks, those kind of things. A, I thought of one. Okay. Um, uh, let's get AI comedians. How about I just do the voiceover <laughs> for my bits and then you watch an a, a AI on a computer screen at your club. Like you can go out to the club. But it will be like a hologram of me. I, and I get to stay home in that, my pajamas. That disgusts me. No, every level. it's teleportation. It's <laughs> right back to what you wanted. Yeah, you get to do your own material and your own voice. You just don't have to be there. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the AI. Well, for see, me. the problem is they will just cut you out completely, and just the AI comedian will just self-generate jokes and are unnecessary. I really hate that. I see that on Instagram all the time, and and you know I love nail polish, so I have this nail blog, and I'm seeing my nail friends kind of post like I asked AI to write a poem about nail polish and what do you guys think of it and I'm like why would you do that yeah. <laughs> I don't I'm not going to think about it cuz yeah. I think that's weird I asked AI to write a poem about this and it's almost like they want to have some sort of validation see I asked it yeah, to do this, yeah, therefore you praise me Yeah you don't get any credit in this exactly Luke that's exactly what bothered <laughs> me about it I'm like why did you do that what what are you getting out of this so I didn't even read it but I did hear you say life hacks. I'm a little bit hacked out, to be honest. Like, I love a good hack. I used to bookmark these BuzzFeed articles about here's five things you're doing wrong that you could be doing better. And it would say something like, tie your shoes in this special knot so that you never have to untie them. You can just slip your shoe in. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. But now it's like, you're peeling a hard-boiled egg wrong. And it's like, look, if I write down every single, like if I, you know, it's it's Instagram. So if I save every little video about these hacks, I'm going to. 
and they're never have time to do them. The people are always astonished by their own hack, too. <laughs> it's like just turn the pineapple this direction, and they slice and they go. They they just have the shocked look on their face. I'm like, you're the one that made the video. I know. I you why know are you works. shocked? Yeah, that and also they'll show someone else has already done the hack, and they're like, I have to try this for myself, and then they do the hack, and it actually works. Like, what is that? Someone's already done the. The reveal. You're doing a second reveal? I know. It's like if somebody took our jokes and go, here's here's Luke's special. Now, let's see if these jokes work if I tell them. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, they actually got a laugh. I'm amazed. Look how good I am at doing someone else's comedy. Uh, Some of the hacks work. One guy's hack got widely panned in the comments. I thought it was so funny. He was like, you know, you've been using your shaker wrong. What you need to do instead of just like, and he shakes his hand to watch salt come out. He grunt, he like takes the lid and he seesaws it back and forth from the cylinder of the tube. And, and of course it just all comes piled out on the plate. (laughs) It's like seasoned salt, Lowry seasoned salt. And everybody's like, why would you want to season your food? And why is it called a shaker? Why not just open the lid and dump it all on the plate. You know, like whatever this guy was trying to achieve did not get the regular. And I think he led wrong. He led with it like, here's how you've been stupid all these years. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, why don't you just have a soft sell like, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think what He's I'll losing do, his audience. We should do is um, fake like life hacks and go, you've been doing this wrong the whole time and just take a ketchup bottle and bang ourselves in the head. Yeah, really. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the hack. That's that's the calorie saving ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been eating ice re- cream wrong and just smash it on our foreheads. Knock yourself unconscious yeah. and you don't eat. You don't get the calories. Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.